Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. If I haven't met you before, my name's KA and part of the team here at Highway. Welcome to Superhero Sunday PM. Um, I think the kids out there have had an awesome day. Pastor Caleb's here. He's looking a little different than he did this morning. He was Thor this morning. Today he's the alter ego of that. Pastor Caleb, already a superhero in my eyes. Anyone that looks after kids by choice is a good man. I want to preach tonight and just share something out of the Word with you. Is that okay? Are you good with that? Are you here? Are you leaning in? Have I got friends in the room? That's good to know. There's a story in the Bible that I would have to say is one of my favourites. And it's the story where Moses, by the instruction of the Lord, sends 12 spies into the promised land, the land that God had said would be theirs, and they're to report back to the people about what they see. And so they see fruit that is so large that it takes two men to carry it, but they also see giants and challenge that is quite overwhelming. And 10 of them come back with a report that deliberately instills fear into the heart of the people. They use language that exaggerates the challenge, exaggerates the giant, and minimises the God that sent them there. But then there were two. Who were the two? Joshua and Caleb. And they come back with a report that is full of faith and full of courage, and it's not blind faith or macho courage. It's through the conviction that if God said this is ours, then guys, we can surely do this. And so the people are in this place called Kadesh Barnea, and it's a place of choice. It's a place of decision. And unfortunately, the people decide, we're not going to go ahead with this. We're not going to move in and we're not going to possess the land that has been promised to us. And so they wander around for the next 40 plus years. And I want to encourage us tonight as a church around this thought. Are you ready? The dormant destiny. The dormant destiny. Even though many, many years had now passed, they had wandered, they probably felt regret. The truth is there was a destiny that laid there dormant, just waiting to be possessed. And only two men, Joshua and Caleb, would be allowed to enter into this place. And the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, Caleb has a different spirit. The report he's given is one through the conviction that he knows who his God is and he knows who he is in the eyes of his God. And because of that, because he follows me with his whole heart, I'm going to give him that place as his inheritance. And it was the place where he had walked and he had spied out the land. And I want to read this scripture in Joshua 14 tonight because this is a part of the scripture that for me personally, I hadn't really taken much notice of. This is a part in the story 45 years later when there's been quite a journey and it's now time to enter the promised land. It's now time to enter Canaan and the leadership are beginning to divide up the land and to see who gets what. Are you ready? Joshua 14 starts like this. 
Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritance were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Verse six. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Did you know that as of April this year, over just Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales, there's $9.2 million worth of unclaimed lotto tickets. $9.2 million. How many houses could we build in India for that? In the States right now, there's $58 billion worth of unclaimed inheritance. Inheritance that belongs to someone, but it's just been undeclared. And this is where we are in the story right now. This was nearly a case of undeclared destiny. At this point in the story, when the people of Judah and Caleb come to Moses, the leadership, the priest, everybody had gotten together and already begun dividing up the land. This was not the people of Judah and Caleb saying, hey, don't forget us. This was them saying, please don't leave to chance something that was specifically given to me by the Lord. Please don't cast lots over something that the Lord says was mine and my inheritance and the generations that are yet to come. And I know sometimes in my own life, I struggle with this. I tend to be the personality that will hang back, see what I'm given, and then just assume that whatever hand I'm dealt, I'm stuck with. Do I have any friends in the room? And then we mask it as humility. Like, oh, I would never want to appear to claim something that I'm not worth. You know, that's just not Australian. Imagine if Caleb had have hung back and said, guys, can you please not complain? We've been given something. Could you just pitch your tents and get settled and let's just not complain about this. This was not an arrogant man saying, I was one of the good spies. I deserve a better lot of land. This was a man saying this was a God-given promise. This was an inheritance that I have been given by the Lord. This mountain is mine. Can I please have it? And I can struggle with this in my own heart sometimes. Lord, when am I just not being content with where you have me? And when is it time to face the impossible and say, you're mine, mountain? But I think according to this story, the difference is this. This was a God-said promise. This was something God had declared was theirs and they simply had to possess it. My mom is a Caleb. (laughs) If you know Pastor Anne, she's a Caleb. 
There was this one time where we were looking for a different accommodation for our family holiday. And she said, come on, KA, just come and have a look at a couple of these units with me. I want to see if they're suitable. And my mum is the sort of person that, you know, you'll be having coffee with her and she sees coals and she says, I just need to grab a few things. And then she goes for the deep trolley and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you said you just needed to grab a few things. Anyway, two trolleys and five hours later, we've grabbed a few things. And so when she said, come and have a look at a couple of units with me, I should have I tweaked then. So about 200 units later, we have exhausted this place. We have seen every room and we have also selected, I say we, I mean mum, she has selected what would be the best units for our family to have. And so the next step obviously is to go to reception and say, I'd like 19, 20 and 21 and I'd like them on these dates. And I saw the girl's face like, oh, that's not going to be possible. And I thought, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and I left the room for what felt like a minute. And when I returned, I saw my mother behind the desk, <laughs> seated at the receptionist chair and on the computer. And the lady standing behind her, <laughs> clearly with a look of, I have lost control of this situation. I do not know what's happening right now. And we got the units at the time that we needed. Now she's very kind. Don't picture the devil wears Prada. Picture Mother Teresa. Just not taking no for an answer. But I love that. That's an inspiration to me. Because sometimes I need to be reminded that life is not about what's just handed to me, that I don't just have to put up with the hand that I've been dealt, that there's land that, the, that has been promised to me and my family, not because of a status, not because of a gifting, not because I was in the right place at the right time, but because I'm a person that says, God, I'm going to follow you wholeheartedly with the full conviction that you have good plans for my life and for my future. There is territory that is ours to claim. Don't let it be thrown in the mix for lots to be cast. Go encourage and ask that what has been promised to you will be fulfilled. Whatever your destiny is, there will be journey attached to it. It's not going to fall in your lap. It's not the luck of the draw. The reason that mountain was specifically chosen for Caleb was because that mountain was where his feet had tread. That mountain was where he had been sent of the Lord. That mountain is where he had spied out and given a report according to his convictions. That mountain was the promise of God. Something I love about Caleb is this. His courage came from conviction. Follow with me from verse 10. It says, Now then, just as the Lord had promised... He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go into battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord has promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there, that their cities were large 
and they were fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. So wait a minute. The promise Caleb's making a fuss about claiming still has a battle within it? Wait a minute. Caleb's not saying, hey, give me the land that there's peace. Give me the land where the giants have all been wiped out. This is true courage. And it's courage from conviction that God has said that's mine and I'm not settling for anything less. It's one thing for a 40-year-old man to look at a challenge and say, we can surely do this. But this is 85-year-old Caleb. I won't say there's any 85-year-olds in the room. But the land in Hebron where he had once tread still had giants within it to this day. And yet his words, his bold words to Joshua are this. I'm as strong as I was then. I'm as vigorous as I was then. You saw the giants as well as I did, but if God's with me, Joshua, I can surely do this. Isn't that just the epitome of Isaiah 40? That those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those 12 spies in the natural all saw the same thing. But Caleb's report through his conviction was this, if God has said it, we can surely do it. If God's hand is in this, those giants have to fall. If God's destiny is for us, then all we have to do is declare and possess it. Church, courage will always lead us where comfort cannot follow. And conviction is not just about, ah, I feel bad about doing that. I won't do that again. Conviction is the eclipse of the heart when faith overshadows fear and doubt. And I am now fully convinced that my God is good. I am now fully convinced that His Word is the truth. I am now fully convinced that I am here for a purpose and God only has good things for me. Joshua had a spirit of leadership. Caleb had a spirit of fellowship. He followed the Lord wholeheartedly. He saw himself through God's eyes. He saw the challenge through God's eyes. And you know what? He didn't just see land to be conquered and battles to be won. He saw the word of the Lord that needed to be fulfilled. That's where his courage came from. Not personality or skill set, but giving his whole heart to the Lord. Full conviction that God would not let him down. He obviously wasn't perfect, but he certainly wasn't held back by fear. And maybe Joshua, as a friend of Caleb's, at first glance, did it out of a kind heart. (laughs) Maybe it was like, mate, you're 85. Let me just give you somewhere that you can pitch a tent and raise a few lammies and have a good life. But even Joshua realises when Caleb reminds him, Joshua, this is the word of the Lord. Even Joshua realises that there's no consolation prize for the promise of God. Then as the chapter starts to wrap up, I see forward faith. It says this in verse 13, Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba after the guy who was like the ultimate Anakite. Now it's called Hebron and it finishes like this, the land had rest from war. 
I see three things that Caleb's faith did. First of all, it fulfilled a promise that was over his life. It obviously fulfilled a promise that was for future generations. In fact, they were probably going to benefit more than he ever would. But you know what I think is so beautiful about this story? It also fulfills a promise that was on Moses and a previous generation that laid an incredible foundation but would never in the flesh walk and experience it themselves. And I heard this profound statement that I have kept close to my heart since I heard it. And it's from Pastor Claire Hearn in one of her sermons years ago. And I take it on not just out of remembrance, but personal revelation and responsibility. And it's this, that whatever giant we don't face, the next generation will have to. Whatever giant we don't face, the next generation will have to. This chapter finishes with this statement, the land had rest from war. Because the truth is that the giants that Caleb slayed meant that on that mountain, the next generation would experience peace. The giants that Caleb dealt with on that mountain meant that the next generation would begin from a place of peace. What territories is God leading us, church, to spy out? What territories is God asking us to go and investigate and then bring back a report according to the conviction that the battle's already won? And then what giants, so-called giants, will we face that he's saying they're already dealt with, clear them out, go and declare that this mountain is yours and possess it for the next generation? What territories of the heart? Can I have the band back, please? What territories of the mind? What territories of our health? What territories of our relationships? What territories of our households, of our finances? Is God saying, can we not cast lot over this? Can we not leave this one to chance? Because there's a mountain that I've already given you dominion over. There's a place that I've already said, let your feet stand there and have authority through me. There are territories that God is asking us to spy out, not because He wants to see how we go in battle, but because He doesn't want us to leave it to chance that it's going to work out. But He says, stand on my word, stand on my promise and declare that this mountain is yours. And there is destiny over my life. There is destiny over my husband's life that I know for a fact is laying dormant. It has not been revoked. It has not been cancelled out. It has not been changed. It has not been undone. But it's not yet been awakened. And I would have to imagine that in a room this size that we're not the only ones. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take to awaken the God destiny in us? What's it going to take for the people of God to stand up and do the climb, as Pastor Anne spoke about this morning? Come on, church, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to realise that we have a choice right now on this day? We can pitch a tent and we can settle and let the next generation fight the battle. Or we can stand up right now and say, this mountain is mine. 
not because I'm special, not because I'm feisty, but because I'm called of the Lord and He has spoken it. And He wants that territory for the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of darkness. Why don't you stand to your feet? Just as we were praising at the very beginning, I heard this song, Wake, as the team was singing it. I thought, that's exactly it tonight. God, would you wake within me? God, would you wake within me? It's not gone, church. The promises of God that he spoke are not over. They're not lost. They're not gone. They're not dismissed. They haven't been revoked or taken back. They're just asleep. They're just dormant. God's purpose over your life is not hard to find. It's waiting to be found. It's not hard to find. It's just waiting to be found. And I asked the team, would they just take it down a notch and just worship to this song, Wake? But I really pray that a sound would rise in this place because I know this was a word for me tonight. I know this was a word for me tonight. Whatever reason you walked in these doors might be different across this room, but at least don't leave the same. Whatever it is, don't, don't go away the same. Don't let the same things that hold you back, that frustrate you, that cripple you, that paralyze you, don't let them have dominion anymore because God says, I've given you authority in this area. There is breakthrough for you in this area. There is a miracle for you in this area. Would you come and declare it and possess it as yours? So Father, in this place tonight, God, I actually pray for anyone in the room that may feel excluded because they don't know you and think, well, I don't even have a promise. And if that's you tonight, yes, you do. There's a whole book of them. And they're for you personally and uniquely. They're yours to take. Regardless of where you've come from, it doesn't matter. They're yours to take. And Father, for your church, for your people of God, God, would you wake us up? God, would you alert us? God, would you quicken us? Lord, the stuff that we have just let lots be cast over and see what hand we've been dealt. God, you're calling your church to rise up and stand up and take authority for what has already been paid a great price for. Lord, let your church not stay asleep, but awaken tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just spend a couple of minutes worshipping.